0: Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight, and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by.
1: Hello and welcome to Season 5 of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad Matthias.
2: The good-looking one, and I am Robert Beeson, your co-host, and we are so glad to be with you today. I, um, We have this section that, that Brad is forcing me to do um, about- It's a good thing. It's a good thing, okay. Yeah,
1: we're lo- they're learning about us.
2: Okay, yeah, because they really want to know. So um, we are going to ask each other some questions, and well, actually, it's just one. So it's your turn this week, Brad. It you is my turn. You can choose a number between 1 and 25, and then I will load up the question and fire it at your face. So go ahead. What's the number? Uh, 21. 21, that's a good number. <clears throat> that's how I still feel, 21. Who is your favorite co-host? I don't oh,
1: think wait, that's, that's on Oh, wait, that's not there. what it says. No. Yeah, I don't think that's on the list. How do you like your eggs? Seriously, that's the question? That's the question. I'm not a fan of eggs. But if I had to, I mean, fried with bacon and uh, hash browns.
2: Okay. I didn't actually know that about you. You don't like eggs?
1: I hate eggs. I mean, when I get an Egg McMuffin, I slide the thing off and just eat the cheese and the Canadian bacon on the English muffin. Me too. Is this a thing of connection? Like, we have a a connection? We
2: actually, that's a solid connection. Wow. And Guy Fieri also doesn't eat eggs, so we're connected there too. I mean, I can. They just. I'll eat an omelet, but only if I make it. Yeah. And it's mostly the other things and just enough egg to hold it together. Yeah, because it's milk and cheese and all <clears throat> the yeah. other stuff. So the eggs Vegetables egg a, and yes. sausage and meat, yeah. Okay, well- oh, I feel This section brought to you by- That's uh, awesome. McDonald's. This section brought to you by Crazy Co-host. Well, that's interesting. So I'm excited about this, um, this interview coming up. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Julie before, but um, you can go ahead and, and introduce her um, if you pass me a pen real quick here. I'll...
1: Okay. Well, our, our guest today is a, a fellow podcaster and author. She's a head of a ministry called Parenting Tomorrow's Leaders. Her name is Julie Rupp. Welcome to our podcast, Brilliantly Brave Parenting.
3: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: It's great to have you here. So, Julie, you, uh, I believe, according to your information, you're in rural, rural, Indiana. (laughs) Where's that?
3: Yes. Uh, Well, it's actually Bluffton, Indiana, is the town that I live in. Uh, It's a very small community, lots of farmers around here. And so... Uh, most of my husband's frustration with our yard is when a tractor tire goes through the yard and makes big ruts <laughs> in our <laughs> in our grass and stuff that you don't really worry about when you live in the city. So we moved here actually two years ago from Wheaton, Illinois, and so it was a little bit of culture shock coming from a western suburb of Chicago and then moving out to the country where you have to drive like 40 minutes to get to a movie theater or to a mall or something like hmm. that, so... Yeah, but wow. we love it here. It's a great, it's a great place to raise a family and good pace of life.
1: Wow! So both of my parents are Hoosiers, and my brother went to IU. So okay, uh, uh, where where in the general area of Indiana is Bluffton?
3: Yes, Bluffton is about twenty five miles um, south of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, if yeah. you know Fort Wayne, <clears throat> I yes. do.
1: I have a godson in Fort Wayne. Yeah.
3: Okay. Very cool.
1: Okay, so that's flat as a pancake land and uh <laughs> as I recall it can get pretty cold in the winter.
3: Yes. Yes. Right. It is I'm not a winter person. It snowed already. It snowed like three times already this Holy year. Cow. So that's been a little little brutal. <laughs> it's beautiful, but as soon as you go outside, it doesn't I don't notice how beautiful it is when I'm freezing but
2: (laughs) so that's suffering for jesus kind of living exactly exactly (laughs) that's awesome so what um what led you've got this great podcast and i had um the honor of of uh being a guest on your podcast and give us a little insight as to what inspired you to start this uh parenting tomorrow's leaders podcast
3: yeah. So, I've always been a podcast junkie. Like, I listen to them when I wash dishes, when I get ready in the morning, when I'm driving, when I'm working out. And I've always enjoyed listening to podcasts. And um, when I became a mom, I first went to my friends for advice and guidance. And while that was helpful to know that I wasn't alone and that other people were in the same phase of life as me, and sometimes they'd have helpful strategies that had worked for them, sometimes it failed to give me the perspective needed (laughs) to raise children. Um, This specifically came to a head when my daughter went into a big girl bed Hmm. and we were having a major hard time getting her to stay in her big girl bed. And it was like, three-hour battles every night trying to get this, like, two-year-old kid to stay in her big girl bed, and I went to my friends, and they were like, oh, you need to take her toys away, or you need to give her a consequence, uh, maybe, you know, don't, I don't need opinions about this, but try spanking her, (laughs) you know, and, like, they're giving me all this advice, And I finally went to someone who was my mentor and her kids were more closer to my age. And so she had totally different perspective. And her first question was, well, are you sure she's ready for a big girl bed? (laughs) A question that none of my friends had asked me up until that point. And I was like, well, her brother's coming, so she needs to be ready. And she's like, I just don't think she's ready. Like (laughs) if she was staying in her crib, why are you... pushing this and putting her in a big girl bed. So she talked me into getting the pack and play out and my daughter ended up sleeping in the pack and play for the next nine months of her life. (laughs) (laughs) And it just really gave me a lot of perspective that um, oh, wow, there's someone who's at a different phase of life than me, has totally different insight in this situation because she's not in the day-in and day-out grind of raising kids. And she gave me new insight to this. And so then I started going to my mentor, Heidi, about all sorts of parenting-related questions. And she eventually kind of came became my... like almost dealer. Like my friends would come to me and be like, <laughs> Hey, ask Heidi what she thinks about this. You know? So I was like the information dealer yeah. to my friends. Cause I wasn't afraid to be like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing and I need some help. And you've been through this. So what do you think about this? And then I started realizing that I had this unique relationship, um, with this mentor mom, the other people didn't have and how much I was depending on her and how that would be so hard to raise kids if you didn't have someone like that in your life that could give you those insights and that direction. And so then I, and I also realized that I'm not afraid to be like, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, Hmm. could you help me? And I was like, you know, not everybody's comfortable. Like admitting that or saying that um, to other people. So, God kind of gave me this vision uh, about maybe three or four years ago of kind of being the voice for those parents, especially moms who are feeling worn down and tired and don't know who to go to and know they have questions but don't even know what questions they have to ask. Mm -hmm. And so, I kind of wanted to become the question asker. Um, And so, I find the experts who can give myself and other parents out there direction to help in their parenting journey as well
2: I love that I, I think that's so I think that's such a noble cause in in being willing to be the one vulnerable enough to say how do you do this or how do you do that I mean it, because some so many of us are caught up in like trying to be the experts and like, acting like we got it all together right when really you know we could really use a little insight so yeah and, and <clears throat> its also- brave.
1: Also, in our technology-driven era, I mean, I have a daughter who's 23 and one who's 24, and you can go online and get opinions that completely contradict each other all the time. (laughs) Right. I mean, I have a 15-month-old grandson, and so my daughter is constantly – like torn because she'll hear her friends and she'll go online and read about it and you can get the opinion that you shouldn't breastfeed or you should breastfeed and you should stop you know and you should roll them over on their back or sleep on their stomach and i mean there's a thousand of these things for moms
3: right yes and it's overwhelming too because i know and i still kind of when i have a question like i I pray and I talk to my husband, I'll talk to my mentor, but then I still will like look at blogs and read books and stuff like that. And, and it is like, I don't know, I get, I think that I've learned throughout, especially throughout my interviews. Um, I specifically had one interview with, um, Pam Farrell. And she wrote this book called the 10 best decisions that every parent could make. And she really helped me with this exact issue because she gave me this quote that I actually put in my life mission statement. And so now I read it every single morning when I'm brushing my teeth. I like read this quote to remind myself of what my role is as as mom to my children. And it says, I will not focus on my children. As they are now, but instead will move my thoughts to where I want them to be when they become adults. I will not be discouraged when the dross of their life is brought to the surface, but instead thankful that God is giving me situations to work on these character flaws before they leave our home. Mm -hmm. And I just loved that word picture of just, she was talking about how when God refines us, He heats us up like when you refine gold or something. And so you have to get heated up in these uncomfortable situations. And then the the impurities are scraped off of the surface. And that's like the picture of what is happening to our children, that throughout life, things are heating up for them. And then our job is just to see, oh, there's some of that impurities that are coming to the surface and God's giving me a, an opportunity to scrape away those. Um, and it just takes some of the pressure off <laughs> yeah. of doing it perfectly, you know. Um, and I was just actually listening to a podcast today where they said, don't take too much credit for your kids, but don't take too much fault either. Hmm. And I love that picture of just like having peace and knowing, okay, I'm doing the best that I can and I'm going to trust God and I'm going to learn and grow as much as I can, but I'm not going to like, just when they mess up, put that on myself as something I'm doing wrong, but instead look at it as a way to scrape away those impurities so that they can have a brighter future as an adult.
1: Yeah. I love that. I, I was listening to you and I'm sort of, I'm having trouble because I keep sort of flashing my daughter's picture in front of you as you're talking because um, I have two daughters both married uh, in their 20s and I don't know uh, there's such a common thread between young mothers um, and and women of faith who are Mm -hmm. trying to not only raise kids but also make disciples of Christ so those are not necessarily the same thing and so you're Mm. you're working through issues like big girl you know, beds, and you're also (laughs) trying to help them learn about uh, the truth of Scripture, about who Jesus is, about who Daniel was in a lion's den. I mean, you're working through all these things. And um, it is a a societal trend for us to use our social media as ways to research the best way to handle things. Mm -hmm. and right. You know, you you just put the question out there, if it's Facebook or Instagram or a private message, but it's essentially you're asking your group of friends, all in the same circumstance, essentially, you know, what do you do? Right. And uh, the fact that you can go a little deeper than that with a mentor or with scripture um, gives some stability then and confidence where you might not have it. So that's very encouraging.
3: Well, and the, the book of Proverbs talks all about how you have to search for wisdom. And I don't know about you, but I feel like most of the time, the people who are the quickest to respond when I post a question like that on Facebook are hardly ever the people that have kids (laughs) that are close to my age that I'm like, I want to raise kids exactly the way that they've raised kids. You know, it's either someone who's in the same stage of life as me. And so they don't have necessarily the perspective that I need, or it's someone who just likes to share their opinion and hasn't necessarily thought through all those things. But what I've learned um my husband was a youth pastor for 10 years and i learned that when i became pregnant i was getting parenting advice from everybody and um i was an elementary teacher he was a youth pastor and the parents quickest to give me advice were the ones that i was like i don't want advice from you like i i don't want to become a parent like you you know <laughs> but the the parents who didn't hardly give me any advice and were just like oh i'm so excited for you They didn't give me advice, not because they didn't want to share it, but I had to search for it a little bit. And they were the ones that I'd have to ask them questions. And as soon as I asked them questions, they were more than willing to share. And so it wasn't like they were keeping their knowledge to themselves, but they were just the ones that (laughs) just didn't go around sharing their opinion all the time. And so that has been really eye-opening for me, too, of just being more cautious, I guess, about who I'm asking opinions of
1: (laughs) man i i'm listening to you and i'm thinking uh how wise your comments are um and the fact that you are aware of the need for help but you're also you've built your own filter and you're saying okay only a certain kind of advice is going to come through this i'm not just going to take popular advice i want i want the truth i know you've just written a book caught not taught and yes. I assume there's a parallel here with the way you're learning as a parent to the way then that you're turning around and sort of talking to your audience. Can you tell us a little bit about your book?
3: Yeah. So the book actually, I never intended to write a book. <laughs> it kind of came about because I was had been doing interviews for six months um, of my podcast and I realized that every single interview i had no matter what the topic we were talking about was every interview i was i had with experts in one aspect or another of parenting were saying the same thing that your kids catch your actions more than they listen to your words and so hmm. Um, when we would talk about health and wellness, they'd say, if you want to impart health and wellness on your kids, then live a healthy lifestyle yourself. Or if you want to impress your faith upon your children, you can't just take them to church and think that'll work, or you can't just read the Bible to them and think that'll work. You need to show them through your own life that when you have a difficulty, the first place you go is to God. Or mm-hmm. when you, they need to see you doing your daily devotions, and when they have a difficulty, you don't just talk it through with them but you bring them back to scripture and what god's word says and always seeking truth and so i heard uh, even about how important our marriage relationships were and it's just every single um every single interview i had no matter what the topic was we were talking about came back to this idea that parenting is caught more than taught and I don't mean, because some people are like, "Oh, does that mean we don't have to like teach our kids anything?" <laughs> that's not, that's not what I mean. That's not what I'm trying to communicate. Um, because there's a saying that kids are really good observers and really lousy interpreters, and so <laughs> it's important for us to um, show them the way to live with our actions, and then explain to them why we have the actions that we do. Because if our kids see us going to church, twice a week, every week, and being with our small group and doing all these things, but we never explain to them why these things are important to us, they might interpret that as um, we feel guilty, or we feel that this is what we have to do, or we're just trying to be a good Christian. And unless we explain to them, though, this is how I stay plugged into the body of Christ, and this is how I stay on track, and this helps keep me encouraged and motivated through the week and unless we explain those things to them who knows what they're going to think of the actions that we have Mm -hmm. but the whole point of the book is just about how we can't just tell our kids the way to live and and in fact if we tell our kids the way to live and then we don't follow that ourselves (laughs) the most of the time their actions will follow our actions not our words
2: such a great principle. I don't I mean, know uh, what she's talking about. <laughs> but we talk about this all the time. Is why he's um, he's saying that because I I couldn't agree more that you know it. We are so focused sometimes on saying the right things and then you know doing completely opposite or just not paying as much attention to that. So I love the fact that you're addressing that and and asking parents to be deliberate about the things that they're they're doing, not not just the things that they're saying, um, right. I, to put you on the spot for just a second, and I'm sorry to do this, but I'm just curious because you've done so much podcasting. Um, what is, what's one thing that changed your mind after an interview? Like you might have seen something a certain way and then you had an interview with someone and you're like, wow, I had never looked at it that way. And to the the extent that like, you're like, I'm not going to necessarily be in an about face. It may not have to be that drastic, but I know for Brad and I, as we talk to people, we walk into these conversations somewhat blind, we know kind of a direction. And then it turns out going somewhere that we didn't necessarily expect. And we in turn learn something from these podcasts. So I'm curious to know what, what's one thing that sticks out in your history, or it could be a couple of things that you're like, wow, I hadn't looked at it that way. That really, that changes my mind about something.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, the one that comes to mind first is the quote that I already read from Pam <clears throat> Farrell on yeah. her book, uh, The 10 Best Decisions Every Parent Can Make, because just having that filter um, just gave me an incredible amount of freedom in my parenting. Because I think, I don't think I realized it, but until I really like took heart to that quote, I was feeling like a failure every time my kids would screw up. And, like, I was feeling like I wasn't doing something right, and I must not have mastered this technique yet, or I must not have found the right words to say to them at the right time, or why can't I explain this to them in a way that they're understanding? And then, when she said that the dross of their life is coming to the surface and it's now an opportunity, now all of a sudden, I'm like praying, Mm. God, whatever dross there is, show it to me today. (laughs) Don't let them leave my house. Without us having dealt with this stuff, you know, and so that just gave me a totally different perspective. It's made me not not have this anxiety about parenting, not feel like a failure every time they mess up. Um, And so that's been a huge one. Another one was from Terry Lynn Underwood. She wrote a book called Praying for Girls. And she talked about how many times, and this is more with like tweens or teens, uh, which my daughter is just becoming a tween, and so we're just experiencing this right now. Um, but she talked about how a lot of times her daughter would retreat and go in her room, and her first instinct as a mom was to chase after her. And she talked, she discusses how many times. When we chase after our kids, we are taking the place of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And we're trying to teach them to depend on us rather than teaching them to depend on the Holy Spirit. And so that's really given me the courage (laughs) to, when my daughter retreats, just giving her some space. Maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's an hour Um, Maybe it's the rest of the night, depending on the issue and just giving her space and taking that time rather than chasing after her where I'm intentionally praying God, like speak to her Mm -hmm. while she's by herself, you know, and then it gives me a little more clarity of thought. So I'm not being quite as reactive uh, when I do talk to her about whatever it is that she's dealing with or whatever the situation is. And hopefully in the future she'll say that those situations and her having that space has taught her to go to Christ for her, for her difficulties that she's dealing with.
2: That's so good. Cause it's, it's counterintuitive, right? We want to jump in and save the day. And it's not that we're right. trying to make them dependent on us. I mean, consciously, but, right, right. but that is in fact, what is happening when we try to make sure that they don't, you know, they don't step into things that are uncomfortable and, you know, we want to keep them happy. And so that's, that's, Really good. That's a great dynamic to have learned.
3: Which, and I think that that's part of what the caught not taught book is about too, of just that whole concept of don't give yourself too much credit, but don't give yourself too much fault either. Because when I take too much credit, then when my kids mess up, then I feel like I have the whole fault. Mm -hmm. And it always happens that as soon as there's one thing that makes me proud as a mom, within 10 minutes or something (laughs) that I'm like, dang it, like, (laughs) I am not doing this, you know, I'm not doing this well. And so I think that when you just accept that the Holy Spirit's going to work in their lives and give him the reins rather than you feeling like you have to be in control. And and I don't think this is like a one time thing that you figure out as a parent. I think this is something that even though I wrote this book about how we need to give the reins over to God and we need to live parenting with this loose grip on our kids of like teaching them through our actions just as much as through our words. But yet every single day, it's like I'm constantly every day, multiple times a day in every situation, reminding myself of that. And oftentimes I'll go and save them and then halfway through be like, I should not be in this room right now. Like I should have stayed down and just prayed for her. But I didn't, you know, and just continually like giving yourself grace and just trusting God through the process.
2: Amen.
1: Yeah, you know, I was just listening to you nodding. Uh, th- there's definitely some truth to the fact that this is sh- this is going to continue. I don't know how old your daughters are, but um, uh, this this will be a pattern into adulthood where you have to let them learn to rely on God and the Holy Spirit rather than you. And uh, the amount of codependency that develops in parenting with your kids is extraordinary. You know, I don't care how well and very stealth-like <laughs> yeah very very it's ninja codependent um, <laughs> because you you do want to, I mean you as a parent your heart just cries out if they're suffering and I mean if, especially if you're a dad and you have daughters which I have too I mean it's t- it's terrible like you just can't hardly take it yeah um and so your perspective in quoting Pam Farrell is so helpful because mm-hmm. what what that does is it allows you to see the long view of parenting. You're not you're not just surviving the moment. You're actually investing in the future. And so mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's great advice. What do you think, Robert? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're almost out of time, and I, I want to make sure that our audience can find you online, Julie. Where's your website, and how can they get a hold of you?
3: Yeah. So the website is just parentingtomorrowsleaders.com. And it's the same for Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, we're parenting TL because they can't have that long of a Twitter <laughs> information.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, and it's the same on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If they just search for Parenting Tomorrow's Leaders, they'll find the podcast there.
2: That's awesome. Awesome. Well, we're sure glad that you do what you do.
3: Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate your guys' ministry. I do listen to your podcast on a regular basis as well. So thank you for putting that out there for all of us parents who need the guidance and direction that you guys offer us.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon.
3: Okay. Sounds good. Thank you.
1: Well, we're very excited to announce a partnership with
2: the guys that we know from Boise, Idaho, Robert. Yes, we are. New release today. They're fantastic. Very, very relevant for what's going on. If you want to discover new music in the Christian realm, that's kind of the only place to go.
1: Yeah, and not only do they have amazing music and amazing reviews and just a lot of information about Christian artists, but they are creating with us a brand new devotional product call it IRL Resources. Do you know what that stands for, Brad? I found out. You did?
2: What does it stand for? It stands for in real life. That's exactly right, Brad. Very good. In real life, because a lot of times we have these standard devotionals that, you know, that, that we see, and, and we thought that it would be kind of cool to use their expertise in Christian music, couple that with actual scriptural and devotional thought that digs you deeper, not only into the song, but incorporates it into real life. And so it's a very vibrant and very awesome resource for families and for pastors.
1: Yeah. And so if you uh, have a preteen or a teen in your home and you're looking for a new devotional to do weekly, we have a digital subscription online at IRLresources.com. It's very inexpensive. The first study is free to check it out. There's nothing to lose. You should go there and see what's the latest thing in Christian
2: devotional. Absolutely. You won't regret it.
1: You know, Robert, we just talked with Julie Rupp and um, her book, Caught Not Taught, her ministry, Parenting Tomorrow's Leaders. You know, she sounds younger than she is, I think. Um, She's got, I was looking at her bio. (laughs) What does that mean? A 10 and a seven year old. Well, I mean, she. She has so much maturity. I think she's very mature. Yeah. um, And she's very articulate. Like, she really says a lot yeah. when she talks. She's not just sort of winding through stuff. She's really communicating. Um, I, I think I have more quotes from this interview than any I've done this season because they're so helpful. Um, she made a point, though, that you know, ironically affected me, like you said to her, has there ever been an interview you've done where it changed your mind? Hmm. She said, explain your actions, don't allow your kids to interpret your behaviors.
2: I That's that really was, good.
1: It is good. Mm-hmm. Because I think for me, i will just speak for me, I, I I thought well, I got the idea that your life backed up your faith, mm-hmm. that anything else was hypocrisy and sort of you know would not translate to your kids is authentic. But I never really thought about how important it would be to actually explain
2: Why you're doing
1: what you're doing. So it's kind of obvious on reflection, but I I don't know that I did that
2: very well. I completely agree with that. I completely there's been examples recently where I'm like, I bet I bet my daughter doesn't know exactly why I'm saying this or why I'm saying no or why I'm saying yes, because I got into the mentality when they were in their defiant years ago because I said so. Or, you know, instead of because I'm so tired of having to explain myself. And I'm not saying this in a defensive posture, but more in the like let me help you understand how I got to this conclusion or why the rules are this way or why I'm pursuing this. And so I think it's a really good point. Don't assume that they are good interpreters of what we do.
1: Yeah. I did too. Uh, I was, you know, this idea of not teaching your kids to rely on you, to learn to rely on the Holy Spirit upon their faith in Christ. You know, I, I mean, she's got nine and seven year olds
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I didn't start thinking like that.
2: I didn't start thinking that until it was too late almost. I mean, as a single parents deal with this a tremendous amount because they want to compensate for some of the struggles that their kids are going through. And so they try to make sure that they don't feel discomfort. And I'm not saying just throw your kids into the middle of discomfort and let them fight it out. But I know now that I really protected my daughter's and I don't think that that really helped them with some of their coping skills. And so I think it's a good reminder and it's amazing. She's picking that up before she's in a position where, and because, you know, you get into the, you get into the teen years or whatever, and you're, you you want to just kind of make sure that everything's okay. And, you know, if there's bullying going on at school or, you know, your ex is doing something, I, I didn't do good at that. And so I think it's, I'm glad that she's talking about that because I think it's a huge issue for, especially yeah. single parents, but all of us. Yeah. Well, my last observation was the very first illustration
1: she made, um, where she had talked to her friends about her daughter and the big big girl bit and how how they really focused on the problem and how to resolve it. Where the hmm. older mentor said, Well, maybe she's not ready for the big <laughs> right. girl bed. and a really obvious sort of sort of perspective, but it it really reminds me that we do that a lot, don't we? Mm-hmm.
2: We, yeah, really, we, did we really black or white instead of just let's ask the bigger question.
1: Yeah, what is the bigger question? And so for the parent who's listening, I would encourage you to do the same thing that Julie did. Um, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have an older mom or grandparent in your life that has the wisdom of life, not just spiritual experience, but the wisdom of raising kids, uh, you need that. Because it's important to have perspectives outside of your immediate sphere. Yeah, could not agree more with that. Of influence. So thank you, Julie Rupp, for that really helpful reminder. For those who are interested, she does have some really interesting links. One of the things she didn't say is her book, Caught, Not Taught, can be read in 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's remarkable. Yeah. I need that kind of book. It's intentionally condensed for a mom who's really busy. She wrote it for – for a mom to read in 30 minutes it's on amazon and it's inexpensive and i think when you're writing as a mom with small children you understand what moms need and mm. so i would encourage you to follow up if this uh, podcast is resonating with you
2: absolutely glad that uh, brad you're in a big girl bed now <laughs> it's definitely a, a
1: step up thank yes. you guys for being with us we'll see you next week thanks god bless
0: be encouraged parents you are not alone In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
1: What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barnum, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out
0: Check us out at iShineLive.com.